Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program covering a wide variety of topics of interest to people with vision loss. I'm Nancy Goodman Torpy. And I'm Pete Torpy. I would tell blind parents, it's what you guys told me. Get out there and do it. Figure it out. And it's scary. I was scared. I was, Pete, you say reticent, but I was pretty nervous about stuff. And you, you sort of learn as you go, you know. And we first had today's guest on seven years ago when he questioned us about how a blind parent could raise a sighted child. And today we'll hear the answer of how that went for him. We'll talk with Ron Miller about his experiences raising Russell now that he's been doing it for a while. And he's got more recent experience in the parenting department than we do since our kids are grown up. But first for our tip of the week. This week's tip comes from Ron Miller. Okay, Ron, it's that time. Do you have a tip for us this week? I don't. I'm still learning. I, I think the thing that I have to keep in mind all the time is that as as my little boy grows, I still learn from him. We still learn from each other a lot of times and how to do stuff together. And the thing that keeps getting impressed upon me is I, I might be the parent, but I'm not the expert yet. I, I haven't attained that. There's always something new to learn, but somehow it always works out. If your heart's in the right place, you can make it work out. It seems to work that way. Stuff dovetails. Skills you've had dovetail into things that you're learning. So, yeah, absolutely. Support for Eyes on Success is provided by APHConnectCenter.org, empowering people toward independence and success by providing blogs, information, and resources for individuals of all ages who are blind or visually impaired. Information and referral line are at 1-800-232-5463. You are listening to Eyes on Success. 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 Let's start by meeting Ron. Today's guest has been with us on Eyes on Success a number of times, but we'll have you introduce yourself once more, Ron Miller. Well, you just did it. I'm Ron Miller, and uh, I'm known in some circles because I work for Vispero. I'm the, the blindness technology product specialist. I'm getting old. I'm 58 years old. I've been blind all my life, and uh, married to a very wonderful woman. She's not getting old. It's just me. And we have a nine-year-old little boy named Russell. How's that? Yeah, that's great for the introduction. <laughs> there you go. But if people are expecting us to talk about JAWS and Freedom Scientific today, that's not the case. We're going to talk about something very different today. Support for Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners. Find out more about partnership opportunities by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. This week's focus topic is Ron Miller's experiences as a blind person raising a sighted child. Seven years ago, you approached us and asked us, as a blind person, what hints do you have for raising a sighted child? And we did a whole episode on that, and it was very interesting. You were basically interviewing us about how we raised our sighted kids since I'm blind. And 
we figured we'd get back to you after all this time and see how has it been going these past seven years? What have you learned and what challenges and barriers have you had to overcome? So let's get on with that. Okay. That was a great, a great time. You know, the, the changeup was interesting to, to actually be asking you questions about it in a, in a formal setting. And I learned quite a bit. My wife, Denise, who was in the background listening, and I no, I think she actually participated, didn't she? Um, she was right there as well. And uh, it has been a great seven years. Russell has been uh, a joy and a surprise and sometimes a frustration to raise kids or, or that way. If they, they weren't a little of all of that, I guess they'd be adults. So he was just a toddler he was two. at the time. So he must be nine now. He is nine. He is talking now, which he, he wasn't doing back then. And uh, he is potty trained now, which is really nice. I'm glad uh, we're not still dealing with that at age nine. Those kind of things, though, point to the kinds of questions we talked about way back when we spoke. Um, and it's interesting. I think one of the things that you guys said at that time was, you know, just go with it. It it works itself out or words to that effect, because I was, I was pretty hesitant, even as, you know, we're two years into it and still going. Uh, I don't remember what it was said in so many words, but, but part of what Pete had to say was, you know, you, you'll figure it out as you go. And what's funny, what I didn't realize for the most part back then is it, it wasn't just me figuring it out or me and my wife, Denise, Russell figured out a lot of it as we went as well. And his personality really actually contributed a lot uh, to what we're doing uh, and, and how we did things as he grew. He's pretty sharp. Now everybody thinks their kids are smart. I get that. <laughs> but he really is pretty smart, even if I'm saying it. And um, he quickly figured out that I couldn't see, even before he really vocalized it. Um, and as he grew, he developed behaviors that made us successful in being parent and child uh, beyond what I was, was trying to figure out and trying to do. So uh, I found that soon after we had, had spoken, he, he was walking and of course doing his thing. He learned quickly. If he wanted to hand me something, he'd walk up and, and touch me with it. If he wanted me to do something, he'd grab me and take me over to whatever it was he wanted or grab my hand and show it to me. Even when I was feeding him, he moved to the spoon. The first time I ever tried to feed him on my own, I said, we're going to, we're going to experiment with this. We did a little block of peaches and I had him all set. And then I found his little chin with my left hand and started to move the spoon toward him with my right hand to give him a block of peach, a cube of peach. And he moved his head and he grabbed it. You know, I didn't have to move it to him. He came to the food. And um, I remember asking my wife, Did, does Russell do that? And she's like, no, he holds his mouth open like a little bird and I drive the food into it. And I said, no, he moves toward the food. It was as if he'd practiced it. That's amazing. Our kids did not do that. We have photographs of Pete <laughs> trying to feed each kid with every color of baby food imaginable, you know, one at a time. One day it would be peas and the kid's face would be <laughs> green and the next day it would be peaches and the kid's face would be orange. And they didn't maybe catch on as early as Russell did. Oh my goodness. That surprises me. No, he, he literally, he literally did this. Uh, it was the first time I had ever tried to feed him. And before I could get my hand with the spoon to his mouth, he leaned in and took the spoon, you know, took the food off the spoon. And it's something he always did up to where 
uh, there were several times I would have the, the spoon loaded and ready to go. Uh, and I was talking to Denise or if we were at a restaurant talking to a friend and this little hand would grab my pinky finger <laughs> and steer the, the spoon up to him. You know, give me that. It is amazing how adaptable kids are. I was thinking as you talked about how Russell was learning to adapt to your blindness all this time. With our grandchild, I've mm-hmm. experienced very much the same thing. When he oh. was very young and just starting to walk, he wouldn't hold any adult's hand. You know, people would grab for him crossing streets. He mm-hmm. just didn't want to hold anybody's hand. But with Grandpa, when I was in the room, he'd come over to me. He'd take my hand and just drag me along to where he wanted <laughs> me to come because he knew that was the only way Grandpa was going to do it. Yeah. Oh yeah, we still do that. He he still if we're walking together, he'll run up or walk up and, and grab my hand. And uh, he, you know, at age nine, he's not holding everybody's hand anymore. And I I'll tell you guys, I almost broke that uh, when he was about four. We were going to cross a room, and he reached up and grabbed my finger. And we were going to walk along, and I almost said, "No, Russell, it's okay." And I almost took my hand back. And I thought it was one of those wait a minute moments, right? And I thought, wait a minute, don't mess this up. He's got it. He's reaching up and grabbing your hand and walking with you. And it doesn't matter whether you need him to hold your hand across the living room or not. It's the behavior. Yes. You want to reinforce that behavior. Yes. 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 Let him reinforce it and feel good about it. And so, you know, happily, I didn't break that behavior. And he still to this day will reach out and come on, Pappy, let's go. That's great. The other thing you have to watch out for that I learned is they're very good about coming up to grandpa and the He'll grab my hand and we'll be walking along. But then all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's a dog over there. And he'll let go and run over to the dog and go pet it. And all of a sudden I'm stranded. So I've learned to always take my cane when I'm walking with him. Absolutely. You You are so right. There's a dog. And, oh, by the way, if they're in a situation where grandpa could get stranded, I'm usually walking right behind. So there's a safety net. That's so nice of you. Denise doesn't come with us. We I, we got lost one time going for a walk. Um, if you remember the 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 uh, text adventure game Zork, you're you're in a maze of twisty little passages going in all directions. Okay. Oh yes. So we we lived in in uh, Tarpon Springs for quite a while in a neat little neighborhood. Um, but as you got into this neighborhood, there were all it was at it was in uh, uh, at the edge of a lake, and so. Where I was, I was about a quarter of a mile out from the edge of the lake. The streets were all nice and square. But as you walked toward the lake, of course, the streets were bending around the lake. And you got into these streets that went off at weird angles and you know, dead-ended and branched weird. And, and we went out for a walk. And he wanted to walk. And we walked and we walked. And I realized I've hit enough curvy streets. I don't know how to get back. <laughs> and he couldn't talk yet. He couldn't even help describe stuff. And this happened even when he could talk. And I'm like, okay, how do we get back? He's like, I don't know. And I had to use, I think, uh, Apple Maps or something and let it talk us back. And it's funny because we got back. We'd been gone. <laughs> it must have been two and a half hours on this short little walk. And my wife said, wow, you were gone for a long time. I'm like, I know, I'm beat. And Russell's like, yeah, it was great. We're going to do it again tomorrow. <laughs> you know, I had a similar experience when our daughter Allison was young and our son was taking a nap and Nancy was gardening. And I said, I'm going to walk Allison down to the football game. She was two. Was she two? She was two. Wow. But anyway, I knew how to get to the high school 
mostly, but the last little bit we had to go through a cul-de-sac through some grass over to the field. And she was very responsible even at two. And Mm -hmm. I told her, look at this grass, remember these trees, this we have to find this street later on after the game. And she was, okay, Daddy, I'm looking. I'm looking you know, just get. And sure enough, we walked back, and she walked back to some other cul-de-sac. And I was completely lost. This was well before <laughs> the time of GPS. Yes. And so we're wandering around, and we came to, it must have been the long driveway into the school. And I thought it was a street, and so I'm listening for cars, and we're standing there. And I didn't hear any cars, and I finally decided to start crossing the street. And she pulls me back. Daddy, you can't cross the street. There's cars. Well, they were parked cars along the side of this little driveway. And I said, no, it's okay, Allison. There's no cars coming. No, Daddy. And she wouldn't let me cross the street. I finally had to physically pick her up, cane in one hand, her in the other arm, and drag her across the street. Because of the cars. Got to be safe. It was amazing you ever got home. That was well before (laughs) cell phones. He couldn't even call and ask me to come get him. So how did you do with changing diapers? Changing diapers worked. The process was to to lay the clean diaper down. If his head was to my right, let's say, then the diaper would be to the left of his bottom. And um, open up the other diaper, take his ankles in my hand and lift him and have my baby wipes right there and do whatever swabbing needed to be done. And as soon as I had him clean, I used probably three times as many baby wipes as my wife would use. I was going to be sure. I mean, if he wasn't, you know, squeaky clean upon squeaky clean. You know, we wanted to be sure. And I took probably three times as long as she did to do this job. Only the first couple of times. Oh, no, I, I still took a while. I didn't, I, I was always overcautious. You know, I started out taking my time until one day I was holding her legs up and getting the diaper all situated. And all of a sudden there was like explosive <laughs> diarrhea that went across yes, the room. That would get you to get I decided we got to be quick in the future. Oh, that's a good one. I never had that happen, ever. And I, I never, um, how do I say, I was never squirted either. So I warned him. I said, you're not going to do that to me. And he never did. But, you know, it's interesting. People look at us as blind folks and say, oh, well, clearly your wife changed all the diapers. And, you know, I changed just as many diapers as she did. And I suspect you did also. Absolutely. Well, especially Saturday mornings when she wanted to sleep in. No reason these things can't be done, even by someone who can't see. You are right as rain. Take him, take his ankles in your hands, move the old diaper after you swab him out and put the new diaper on and, and, and get him uh, swaddled up. As he was getting bigger, I couldn't hold his, his ankles in one hand and kind of lift his butt. Uh, so I, I would say feet up like that. And he'd put his little feet up and I'd put my, my wrist under his knees which left both hands clean to work. Oh, perfect. Mm. He did great. He learned feet up really fast. In fact, uh, I said feet up one time and didn't hear a sound as if he'd put his feet up. I said, oh, buddy, come on. You know, and and I was giving him a hard time, even though I knew he didn't really know what I was saying. And he kept going. I heard this noise where he was going, like he was exerting a lot of effort. I'm like, you know, you could at least put your feet up. And I reached over. And not only had he put his feet up, but, you know, when they're, when they're little, they can grab their feet with their hands. Yes. He had his feet in his hands, and he had, you know, he was pulling his feet up toward his shoulders. Oh, to <laughs> get higher feet. and higher. Yes. So his little bottom was stuck way out. His legs were bent, you know, toward his shoulders. He's like, uh, uh, my feet are up. You know? oh, <laughs> what I was hearing. 
Oh, and I told him, I said, okay, you did a really great job. And it's interesting that, you know, we talk about changing diapers. It, it can be scary. And I saw on, I'm, I'm on the blind parents list, the NFB blind parents list. I confess I'm not a, a very good list reader. They pile up on me. But I was reading and I saw a post from a young lady who had a baby. And she asked, can somebody come alongside and tell me, how do we change diapers? I'm, how do I clean my daughter? You know, I'm, I'm taking her. I hold her under the water, under the faucet. It's really tedious. She's getting wet. I'm, she's going to, you know, I'm afraid she's getting raw and stuff from the wet. She's getting diaper rash or whatever. But I thought, okay, you know, let's wait and see. And I expected blind parents to send her answers. And the only responses to this post that I saw was, gee, I don't know. I hope you can get some help. And so I actually sat down. I dragged Denise into this and said, I want you to proof this for me once we're done. And I wrote a step-by-step instructional on how to change diapers if you're blind, you know, from my, the way that I did it. And, and at this point, he was about four. I wasn't changing diapers anymore. So I had to think it through again. And I actually, you know, nobody else responded with any info. I waited a couple of weeks and I finally posted this, this step-by-step back to her. Um, so it, it can be an issue. It really can. You know, how about bath time when they're young? Did you worry about them drowning in the bathtub? No, he, he, that I didn't, though I was right there with him. I paid attention. I took a page out of the book. Remember the book Cheaper by the Dozen? Have you ever heard? Yeah. The dad showed the kiddos how to bathe, you know, use the soap, run it up and down your body. He and I did that. It became a game and we, we did bath time was fun. Oh, bath time is always fun. The kids love it. The parents love it. Yep. And frankly, you know, Pete's very confident and will do pretty much anything except for drive a car and work power tools. But he did draw the line at giving the kids baths until oh. they were old enough to sit up. And I didn't complain yes. because bath time is always fun. So I got to do it all the time. I'm like, fine, wash the dinner dishes. I'll give the kid a bath. I'll give the kid a bath. And you're right. You 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 make a good point. Um, when he was really, really little, I didn't bathe him uh, simply because I figured I'd run out of hands. Uh, I needed a hand to support him, a hand to hold the soap, and a hand to feel what I was doing. So, yes, until he could sort of sit up under his own power, I didn't give him a bath. I see where you're going with this now. So when he was really small, Denise would bathe him you know, until he could sit up by himself. But once he was sitting up by himself, I'd put him in the bathtub and off we'd go and uh, we'd sing and play and have a good time, taught him how to soap himself up. And as he was getting older, you know, those foam letters stick really nicely to the side of the tub so you can spell words while you do bath too. <laughs> it's very tactile. When we talked to you seven years ago, you were pretty reticent about this experience and what to do, but it sounds like it all worked out pretty well. And nowadays you're pretty confident. You know, it has been a learning experience and a growing experience. And as we got into it more, one of the things I used to tell people is, you know, I've, I've never raised a little boy before. And Russell had never been raised by a blind parent. So like I said, we literally learned to do it together. Um, so much of, of what makes what we do successful really came from, from him and I. Um, he learned how to be a guide, how to be a good guide. Oh, by the time he was four, he could he could face me and reverse his thinking for left and right, you know, left, right. He did those kinds of, even today, he's a very good, he's good at giving directions. He's good at answering kind of descriptive questions and he does it without thinking. Uh, and it, it's made a big difference. So as I say, personality, you know, can really be a differentiator. 
he's very sociable. He's, he wants to, to help. He wants to be a part of what's going on. And his big challenge, he'd give directions, you know, some really great directions at age four. And he'd say, I bet no other four-year-old could do what I just did. <laughs> he's probably right. Yeah, at the time. Well, I guess we all learn to adapt and become flexible. You know, there isn't just one way of doing this. We have to interact with the personalities, as you talked about, and learn each other's ways of doing things. That hits in a whole lot of areas. One of the things I, I did that I didn't anticipate was helping out with school, and school is all in print. But, you know, we talk about uh, when you were finding your way home with your daughter, no GPS, no cell phones, and that whole tech change has made a big difference. Um, it fell to me to sit and read through his history book with him. And so I would sit and read history. Well, I couldn't have done that. I mean, I guess I could have used OCR or something, which was my original plan. But hooray, I found his history text on Bookshare. So I downloaded them as Daisy books so I could move section by section. He would sit with me and the way we did it was I would read out loud. He would follow along in the print book. So he got even more input on that. And then we'd work on his, his assignments together. So, you know, those kind of things, when you're, when you're looking at the challenges of, of parenting uh, in academics and in reading stories, I mean, we did print Braille books together, read out loud to him. I still read out loud to him. He still really likes it, even at his age. And now I make him read to me too. So <laughs> you can work on his reading skills. Well, you know, our kids are in their mid-30s, so mm -hmm. like Bookshare didn't exist and oh, OCR right. didn't exist. And as I recall, you know, the kid would ask Daddy for help with homework and Daddy would say, well, read to me what it says in the book and then we'll figure it out together. Right. And they didn't bat an eye. They just did. You know, because they, like with mommy, they just hand me the book here, you know, what does this mean? It's true. And it becomes second nature. I, I will tell him, I'm sorry, buddy. You know, you're going to have to go and ask, have, have him ask my wife and he'll say, well, no, hang on. I'll read this to you, Pappy. Then you'll know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and yes, th that strategy works. And And one of the things I think somebody who's a blind parent if you're doing these kind of things, if you're working with your kiddo, is they will expect you to do what they see you do, if that makes sense. If I can read to you and you'll figure it out, then you can't cop out and say, ah, go ask your mother. Because in their brain, well, I'll just read it to you and then you figure it out. It's expected. You are mom. You are dad. You're supposed to be able to do these things. I still go out and throw a football. I'm a horrible catcher. I, I, I make him walk it to me now because he's throwing from way far away and I don't want to get a football in the chest, stomach, head, because they're pointy and hard. <laughs> oh, that was my job. There you go. Well, I know I go out and throw. He makes me, come on, play football with me. I used to do that with our son too. I'd have him run patterns out in the grass, left for the count of three, right for oh. the count of two, and throw yeah. the football. It made him a good receiver because I wasn't quite as accurate as some That's of the it. other fathers might have been. That's it. He's he's becoming a great catcher. He does throw with other folks. And I'll hold the ball. Now that he won't hit my hand, I'll hold the ball and he place kicks it. <laughs> <laughs> so these days, a lot of the kids spend a lot of time with digital stuff. Mm -hmm. tablets, computers, video games. How do you deal with that? He's got an iPad and he likes to play on it. I do have voiceover on it so I can kind of help him do it. 
but most of those games are not accessible. I, I sit and listen. I ask a lot of questions. I want to make sure what he's doing is appropriate for his age. Uh, and my wife is very involved in, in watching and looking and, and, you know, before we'll install a game on his iPad, she reviews it. She, she looks at it and play. So, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of what I call the FBI, the family bureau of investigation, <laughs> which I, I borrowed from a professor I had. I want what goes into his heart to be good. And so does my wife. So we, we investigate a lot. And also, you know, part of it is we manage that. We're the parents, so we control that. I don't ever want to get to the point where, you know, somebody says, well, you know, your son was X, Y, and Z. And I say, well, I, I just didn't know, <laughs> you know. You know, I would tell blind parents, it's what you guys told me. Get out there and do it. Figure it out. And it's scary. I was scared. I was Pete, you say reticent, but I was pretty nervous about stuff. And you, you sort of learn as you go, you know. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Now for this week's final item, how to learn more about blind parenting and how to contact Ron Miller. Well, Ron, it sounds like you've had a lot of success in raising a sighted child being a blind parent. If people have questions for you and they'd like to get in touch with you, how would they do that? Um, they can send me an email. It's a little bit kind of a weird one. It is Rocky Gulch, and it's Rocky like R-O-C-K-Y, Gulch, G-U-L-C-H, Rocky Gulch at gmail.com. I'll be slow to respond. I've got a lot of irons in the fire, but I'll try to, to keep an eye on that. And you mentioned some support groups from the NFB. How would people find those? You know, it's been so long. If you go to the NFB website, I know that they have a link to their online lists. I subscribed back when he was one or two years old, so I don't have a good answer. Start with nfb.org, nfb.org. Uh, and there's other lists out there, but that's where I'd start, simply because that's where I started. That's the only thing I know right this second. Well, great. I'm sure people will appreciate hearing your positive stories and how well this all worked out despite the initial trepidation, and it's a great story. I hope so. I hope that people are encouraged, um, just like you guys encouraged me. I hope that parents who are blind or low vision are a little less afraid or, or they can, they can look to folks like you guys. Um, they can come to me now. I'm a little more seasoned, you know, and I, I hope the community of blind parents will reach out to others who have questions. I think back to the, the young lady who had the daughter and never got steps on how to diaper her child until I showed up. Um, if she has to lean on me, <laughs> it's kind of a sad thing. So I, I hope we remember, remember that we, we support one another. It's, it is so important. Um, you, know, you and Nancy both mentored me. You know, you could call it mentoring with a small M, but you you made a difference. You gave me the encouragement and some neat tips. And uh, I hope we can remember to do that for each other as as blind parents. Well, thanks for sharing your experiences with us. And as usual, you can find all of that contact information in the show notes associated with this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net. Remember, you can also use the search tool to look for shows of interest. In particular, if you're looking for shows about youth, just type in youth or parenting if you're interested in that, and you'll find links to the audio and show notes along with summaries for episodes matching those search terms. 
That's it for show number 2237. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be doing an encore of a very old show about living with a blind person. Most episodes of Eyes on Success center on the experiences of a blind person, whether dealing with technology, employment, traveling, or whatever. Next week, we'll discuss raising and living with a blind person from everybody else's perspective, including interviews with Pete's mother, his sister, his wife, that's me, his in-laws, and our children. And that was certainly a fun show, so we hope you'll join us next week for that episode. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy. You can access the full archive of previous shows, subscribe to the podcast, and much more by going to our website, www.eyesonsuccess.net. If you have questions about anything you've heard on the show or have suggestions for future shows, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. Thank you for listening and have a nice day.